Hi, welcome to Blank Bodies, a V5 podcast. Horror and tabletop. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Hunter, and as always, I'm joined by... I'm John! I am Sarah. And we got our lore bot, James. I, I will say, goths fucking love sleeves. We'll actually put on extra layers specifically for sleeves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the dangerous How ways. many, how many... Um, Layers of long sleeve fishnets can you put on? Many. Yeah, how it turns many? out a lot. The real Quite question. The real question is how many layers of fishnets would you have to put on before it becomes a regular shirt? There. We, <laughs> thank Hunter. Honestly, we were on the same wavelength. Honestly, I was gonna ask the same question. We should. Should we make that a Twitter poll just for the podcast? Like, hey, do you want us to do the goth fishnet challenge? Because it is October, and one of us will just put on as many layers of fishnet shirts as we can until it be officially is. A shirt. I'm in. I'll is do the, it. Hell I'll yeah. On, I'll is, put on is, fishnet shirts. See, if we do it with John, he's skinny. It's going to save us fabric. We can yeah, make that a, cheaper. We yeah. can make this a TikTok challenge. Hell can yeah. We actually use our TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I try to, but like finals have been kicking my ass. Is this our fucking like, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Yeah. How uh-huh. many fucking mesh tops does it take to make yeah. a real shirt? I Sorry, I've been lacking on the TikTok. It turns out when you take an art and war class during two global conflicts, See what you, need you to tend do is, to get really busy in the class. You just need to start <laughs> randomly making TikToks about whatever it is that you're doing in class. <laughs> Just yeah. randomly throw something about vampires in there. It's yeah, good. Yeah, just wear some of those plastic teeth. I'm literally, yeah. I'm literally making my final project about the Second Inquisition book. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. So we did the dang old Twitter poll, and uh, my boys won. <laughs> we we are talking about Clan Malkavian hey. this month. Yeah. Yeah. So if this happens to be your first episode for some reason, the way we do the our clan deep dives is patrons get to vote on what clans make it to the poll. And then we put the poll on Twitter and we let the community engage in Twitter blood sports. Yes. And this time, these sad little boys, <laughs> they won. <laughs> the sads. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. no. Possibly, I, in my opinion, one of the more depressing clans. Yeah. Yep. We so, have Malkavia. Yeah. I, I, we'll get to it later. I love the improvements they made over V5, but oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Rick. Jeez. Oh, oh geez. no, it wasn't good. Uh, I don't know. I actually have a pretty hot take about that. Oh, damn. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you want to participate in this process in the future you can give somebody on the patreon to get into the groundwork or you know just pay attention to us on twitter and you'll see the poll while these episodes are coming up we'll have the new poll coming up so yeah voting on the voting on the polls is completely free if you want to influence who is on the poll uh that is uh patron exclusive gotta give me dollar dues (laughs) when do we become an australian podcast i look i just like australia we're trying not the government but like The people just now. Just now? Just now. Just now you're deciding that? Yeah, well, you know, whatever. (laughs) I I appreciate people that somehow add a syllable to a one-syllable word. Yeah. (laughs) Experiment 66 can learn. Anyways, uh, content warning. Uh, There are aspects of this clan that are going to cover topics such as mental health, police brutality, and psychological torture. If you're not into talking about that today, you can come back or skip it. It's fine. Uh, if you want more information on mental health as a story element in roleplay games, we literally just talked about that in the previous episode. It will be number 32, mental health and gaming. I really like that you pointed to the left Yeah. Mm-hmm. when you said the last episode. Yep. Like, yeah, just go that way. Yeah, just go left. As if this is a visual medium. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, look, it's a Malkavian episode. I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, and I assume everyone actually saw it, too. Yeah, look, do not tell me that because of the way uh, the English language is set up, when I said, look at the previous episode, people did not immediately go, oh, yeah, I can backtrack by hitting the left arrow button. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You might be out of line, Uh, but you're not wrong. Yes. Uh, sources we have for this first part of the episode, because will be a two-parter, mm-hmm. uh, is the V5 core book, the Chicago by Night and Chicago Folio books for V5, uh, Clan Malkavian book, Malkavian revised, Lore of the Clans, Vampire by Night 20 edition, Veil of Night, Beckett's Jihad diary, as well as video essays from The Primogen, Lore by Night, Outstar, and Gentleman's Guide to Vampire. We do our research here. So much. Hey. I read like three of the books this time, all the way through, <laughs> oh my God. not just skim them. I'm, I'm proud of you. I read. You, usually, I get I get the original book read. That's mm-hmm. that's my goal is to read like the original. But this one, I just kept going. Oh, so you finished the original clan book, the the one in the fluff novels. How was that? Oh, the novels? No, I actually have read them. Oh for no, some I know. I'm just fucking around. Oh. I'm just like patrons. If you pay enough money, maybe we could like do a review on those books. But that's those, I, I, those I, are I, hard to read. Yeah, I have I read know. some of them. They're yeah. difficult to read. Oh, have you seen the omnibus that just mushes them together chronologically? No thanks. Yeah. Um, so what? yeah no there's an omnibus that's like two thick bits that's literally just like all the events as they happen not uh. the fucking clans like literally just in 1995 july 3rd july 4th july that's nuts yeah that's bananas that's nuts. i'm here for it though um i did research i read the first book until i got to the page that's unreadable because i have the old copy and then i meant to download the new one and finish it i did um but i beat blasphemous instead oh hell yeah i did post in our group i took a picture of like the reverse pages and stuff and posted the proper way forward of them oh yeah for sure yeah <laughs> but, but that that requires effort but i beat blasphemous instead. <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> is it a good souls like um it's a lot of fun it's a great like 2d side scroller um the ending I got was a bit of a like, well, come on, what the fuck, man? But yeah. also, eh, I see where I made mistakes. So I feel like, I don't know if there's a better place in this to talk about it, Sarah, but I actually did have some notes on that infamous unreadable page. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know, it's always been the most infamous part of the original Malkavian book. And there is one page that is completely reversed and you have to like hold it up to a mirror to read it. Using the Vinci code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, using uh, modern technology, I just took a photo on my phone and then reversed the photo in my oh, photo app. I wasn't talking about that one. He was talking about the I was book talking of about Nod. the the Oh yeah, I was talking about the book of Nod. Yeah, yeah the book of Nod is the one where they had the black ink on the black page because the yeah. book's that goth. Yeah, the So I started to read the book of Nod. There yeah. we go. <laughs> there we go. And I didn't finish that was the book of Nod episode. Yeah, okay. I did start trying to <laughs> Never mind. I, I didn't figured. do the research. That's what I've coming down for. Tar- tr- started to do the homework. Thankfully, didn't. I, I Skipper is a himbo. Yeah. Uh, when we the research I did will go into the next episode for the clan founder and the actual concrete instead of just the. Uh, yeah. I, I actually had a point I wanted to make yeah, though, yeah. about that page that is backwards. Yeah. Um, yes. It's actually maybe the most important page in the book, which makes it really suck that they made it backwards. Um, because that page specifically is talking about um, how to play a Malkavian respectfully. How what the to? Fuck? Um, it talks about how um, you should talk with your players and your party and like 
make sure that everyone's comfortable with your portrayal of mental illness and like not to make it cartoony or funny. That's the page that's the hardest to read in the entire book book as a joke. I think, well, I don't think it's as a joke. I think the, there might be an attempt of, hey, if we want them to take this seriously during the 90s when no one gives a shit about mental health representation. If we make the page, yeah, basically they wrapped it in the cheese of, if we make it a puzzle or make it something interesting, people will actually pay attention to it. Yeah. And what happened is everyone went like, why is this page backwards? I how how silly. Uh, yeah. Like, aren't this and this clan wacky? I want to play it more. Let me put a hat on. But yeah, it is talking about like, here's how you do this and how's, here's how you make it fun. And it does go into more of the like the respect stuff on the next page. But I know I feel like a lot of people skip that section just because. And it's really talking about like, here's how you do this right. And it's just like... Bleh. Yeah, it, it's a book that rewards people for doing the looking, which is... I will say also, looking at this in the book right now, it's also next to the picture of, like, Charles Manson with a lobster claw pooping while a dog's eating it. Yeah, yeah. I That's a... I... Uh, I love That's the, distracting. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that this episode has started very disjointed and almost unintelligible. It's, I believe it, that it's is accurate. Yeah. I, I feel but like there, that's just accurate to but the clan. While it is disjointed, there is a cohesive point that is being made and hopefully people take the time to actually understand it. Yeah, so maybe we should back up a little bit. Yep. Uh, what the fuck is this clan? What the fuck is this clan? So things that the Malkavians are known for is madness. 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 <laughs> madness. This is Malkavian episode. It is. <laughs> This is Sutter Kane. Yes. Uh, yeah. A little bit, actually. A little bit, yeah. yeah. That, that actually yeah. works really well. Um, I knew the deep cut that I was going uh, for. Yeah, this clan's also known for people being like pranksters and like sadistic silliness and uh, the unfortunate, well-known term, probably one of the most well-known terms for Vampire the Masquerade outside of Vampire is a fish milk. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it a little bit here, just to get it out of the fucking way. So fishmouk is a term for people that play Malkavians, but do it in a way that is silly and distracting and disrespectful to mental illness, the clan, and other players and the storyteller's time. Um, this is actually one of the hot takes I mentioned to Skipper I had coming yeah. into this. But unfortunately, this book came into existence, and it does... The first one goes into it a little bit, but not as bad as I think people have the vibe for it. Because it came out around the same time that, like, lol, random, um, like, hot topic core humor. Like, E-bombs world. Mid-90s to, like, early 2000s. Like, that just, like, I, lol, I have a spork kind of humor was starting to gain some level of traction. And a lot of people said, well, madness, that just means I get to be silly and then stab someone and like that's kind of what the fish mock um it's an insult term it's essentially a character that like really sucks it's like your character is a joke and you're distracting from the game and it, oftentimes it's nor funny either i would like to stay for the record we have uh as a podcast other than sarah shit on tremere almost with rampant disregard i, mean, I they would deserve it I, I mean they do deserve it but i would like to state for the record I will take a serious Tremere over a fish mouk any day. Oh, I hate, for sure. I hate fish mouks more than Tremere, but it's you can't say fuck Malkavian because there are like things 
would like to state my thoughts and feelings for that for the podcast. I shit on you guys, Tremere, but you guys can actually like make characters. It's a difference between like Fishmouks and like Tremere. Like yeah. people don't like we joke about Tremere because mm-hmm. they're the shit that they've pulled in the lore and the history makes them kind of dick bags. Um, Fishmonk is more of a issue with players. Mm-hmm. And I also, that was my hot take I was going into, is that while there is some, I think, writing that has not aged and it feels very 1994 uh, when you're reading it with the, I'm crazy, so here's a bunch of pop culture references for no reason kind of stuff. I definitely feel like a lot of that is unwarranted looking back at the original book. I feel like it was more players did this and everyone remembers that player who was a dick and not necessarily this book. So I'm going into it a little bit more of the serious side of this book as it gives. I think we all are, but yeah. that is definitely something that surprised me going back and reading this is I was expecting, a, even though they're my favorite clan, I haven't read this book in years now, and I was expecting it to be a little more like silly and dumb. I'll be honest, going back and reading it. I didn't feel that way for most of it. Reading most of these books did not feel that way. I feel like that's all. It's justified to think that way and remember it that way. Because again, like flipping through the book, a lot of the things that are very memorable to to me is the art in it. And a lot of the art is very like silly and weird and like childish. Like I I think there's literal children's drawings yeah, in there. there are and i mean like that that picture i just described with like charles manson pooping and a dog eating it with with, an ink, with, with a lobster claw with a lobster claw that's holding food stamps what the fuck are we talking about right now that's just really weird i'm sure it's commentary of some sort but like yeah. it's real weird and feels very silly mm-hmm. so I feel like a lot of the art kind of contributed to that, kind of gave that vibe. Yeah, That's and fair. It, it's also the the problem of Fishmouth players has colored some individuals' interpretation of the clan because, yes, there are some people, I know from experience running it, that just hear, oh, uh, I have to be crazy? Cool, that's an excuse for me to just fucking be unhinged. I just want to play Gur as a vampire. Yeah, Bingo. I was going to say, like, the, the prime example <laughs> I've had for Fishmouths were... Uh, people that are newer to World of Darkness that don't understand the term is, have you seen Helsing Abridged? Episode four, uh, Rip Van Winkle in Helsing Abridged that is like singing meme songs and is making portal references and just being kind of obnoxious and weaponizing feminism in a way to like get away with just being a bitch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're not helping anybody. You're being very self-centered and ignoring actual problems. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, yeah, that, that character. And every time Alucard fucking just stabs her, I'm just like, good, good, do it again. I don't have problems with people like this. Cause that's where I, that's the time period I got into this game. And oh, yeah, I have some opinions on that, especially as somebody who has mental health issues. And also I, I have the cultural background of, uh, like trickster characters being involved and, uh, the way Americans have interpreted that to be just a whimsical and I can be silly and da da da. And I can just basically completely disregard other people and their consent and things in a situation mm-hmm. because I'm playing my character this way. And, and I thoroughly, I'm just like, I don't want you to die in a car fire, but like I'm picturing it in my head. <laughs> I don't want you to actively die in a car fire, but I wouldn't feel bad. Uh, it's one of those like I'd feel bad, but I'd also just be like, you know, like you fucked with the wee folk and I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> 
that's my baggage on the situation. And I, I think especially over the past five years, the tabletop roleplay community in general has gotten much better about these kinds of things. And it's not as much of a problem, but it's something that is a carryover that is not healthy nor fun. And I felt like it needed to be addressed up front. Yeah. And I have some more vibes on this that yeah. I feel like we'll talk about it. I'll bring up at the end of the episode when we do our wrap up. Because mm-hmm. um, I think we need to give people listening more context for... I think this is a good intro, but we need to give them actual context of what yes. we're talking about. So now right. that we got the bullshit stereotype shoved out of the way, uh, other things that the clan is known for and is being unstable, low clan within the Camarilla is like, eh, they just kind of let you guys exist because you were there at the beginning and blah. It's better to have you here yeah. than not have you here. Yeah. But we don't really like that you're here. Mm-hmm. Because I believe, and we'll get into this more on the research episode, I believe they, they're they one of the clans that fluctuates between low and high clan. Like, yeah. sometimes they're like, hi, and then they're like... Yeah, that's a that's a big thing in their history, which we'll get into the next episode, so stay strapped in for that. Yeah. They're also well known for being very, like, tragic truth tellers. It's that kind of Greek tragedy of... I'm sharing a thing and either no one will believe me like the Cassandra Oracle things or like the, the Oedipus Rex story of somebody tells you a thing and then they're, you're just like going about your life and then you shag your mom. <laughs> yeah, you know, as you do. Um, I mean, there's such what? a limited dating pool <laughs> and she's hot. Then you got to kill your dad, King. It's right? the, They should have done some more ethical adoption. That's their fault. Oops. Yeah, so that's that's another well-known aspect of the clan. Uh, oftentimes in portrayals for Malkavians, a lot of times their attire and their outward expression will be eccentric, but it tends to be a reflection of how they are on the inside. Huh. And I always find that to be really interesting as a trope that constantly happens that nobody ever addresses. Like the best example of this, I think, would be the uh, the, the the twin sisters from uh, mm. Bloodlines, like nah. the yeah. the fucking the Vorman sisters, like iconic characters. And uh, you got the the party girl who's like kind of wild and could be misinterpreted as a fish mouth, but she's not actually. Uh, but is dressed in like a skimpy little schoolgirl outfit and is more silly and woo. And then her sister is more buttoned down, has a very structured like dommy mommy office '90s evil lesbian look. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Isn't it Jeanette and yeah. uh, Jean? I don't remember. Nah, I can't remember. I, I'm very tired. I just, I just remember the party girl was named Jeanette. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Therese. Therese, yeah. Yeah, Therese, Therese and Jeanette. Jeanette Mormon. Yeah. So those people, like, their the way that their mental issues are expressed through character development is also reflected in the way they dress. And a lot of other... NPCs especially, you'll notice uh, the way they are on the outside is definitely a reflection of how they are on the inside, and it's kind of a just a fun thing that people just tend to do, and I'm like, I like mm-hmm. that. That's a yeah. fun trope. Uh, but yeah, this clan is also known as Jesters, Cassandras, Lunatics, and Clan of the Moon. Woo. So they're the werewolves. Yeah. Moon! Well, I think we already got into this, that uh, the Lupines also kind of just let them vibe, because they're just like... Eh. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, that I believe in the, it's 50-50. Um, it's pretty much like, we feel so bad for them that we'll just let them do their thing. And other half the time, it's do not suffer a madman to live. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh God, was it the, the Markiplier bit where it's like, oh, look, it's adorable. Oh, it's traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very much that. We're just like, oh, buddy, we're just, just don't, don't break anything. Just, just, just be chill. 
strong. Yeah. Uh, in clan behaviors and socializing, the clan organization. I find this absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is apparently no organization. None that we can perceive. Yeah. The a lot of people who are Malkavians barely recognize the fact that they're in a clan. They're just hanging out. Yeah. Like, well, I, I guess I'm in this. I don't fucking yeah. know. Uh, I, I had the, the big brained idea of basically comparing the way clan Malkavian structures itself to a slime mold. <laughs> Hear me out. I know it sounds awful, but if you actually understand uh, the science behind slime molds, slime molds, it's uh, a collective of amoebas where each individual amoeba obviously doesn't have any context on what's going on in the grander picture. And they're reacting to the other amoebas around them through like chemical signatures and environmental factors. But this uh, collective of organisms able to make like a super organism that is very efficient and highly structured and, mm-hmm. uh, a shockingly impressive like survival organism uh-huh. like to the point that there's science experiments where they scientists have laid out maps uh-huh. and they put food on the dots where major cities are and the slime molds will move uh to create the most efficient way to get to the food and it actually tracks with the exact same way that we plan train and highways that's nuts. <laughs> and it's just like oh yeah no they they're not just kind of meandering and just like uh, wandering in the food they just are like Go. Go. But like no individual amoeba is the leader. Right. Yeah. Because we're about to get into it with the next part. But uh, there is a weird they have an organization but it has like no like they're already as you stated there's no like leaders. It's just the the cobweb as we're about to talk about is kind of helps have a little unity like they are unified a bit by the web it feels like there is structure but there is not necessarily organization bingo yeah like they'll there's many times in the lore where it'll be like you know how like all clans like have like events and stuff uh malkavians literally have been documented as just like they'll just show up places yeah, in I, groups. I oh, make notes sorry. about that later Oops, in the script actually <laughs> oh it's all good but so, yeah we'll also get into next our next episodes but i think the slime mold um that's a weird metaphor yeah metaphor works uh is good metaphor. because like when keep this in mind when we talk about the history next episode but it's, it seems to be that whenever a malkavian seems to exercise any type of control or like leadership within the group they then later just kind of fuck off and disappear. Yeah. Like, they're like, I've done my thing. I'm going to be gone now. You'll just never see me again. They, they but, have a... Oh, sorry. Yeah. But, like, they're not dead. They're not, like... They just, like, they do their part, and then they move on. Yeah, they have a very Mouth of Sauron vibe, where it's, like, it's not actually the leader. It's just, like, this collective has a mouthpiece for a bit, and then it's just kind of, like, boo. It's just, like, get up and be like... I need to save my bit. Okay, thank you. And then they just fuck off. And then just leaves the convention. Just like, okay, bye. (laughs) I did my thing. Am I, are you proud, dad? Yeah, a good vibe for the Malkavians is if you've ever seen like the videos where they film like town council meetings or that type of thing. And then just the weird libertarian like free man on the land walks up and just like talks for 15 minutes. And then the council just says, okay, thank you. And then proceed to real business. Yeah, occasionally you get like the based anarchist that's just like, this is bullshit, but you should be taking care of the community. And then he fucks off and everybody's like, I mean, he had a point. We're not going to change anything. That I'm was getting paid. That was the anarch. And then they let the Malkavian have his time to speak too. Yeah. There could be Malkavian anarchs. It happens. <laughs> but yeah, so oh. uh, go ahead. 
It's just the terrible fucking Camarilla thought. Just like they're on the same level of how much we give a shit that they're talking. Yeah. Just like the Malkavians are talking. The Mar- the Ar- and the Anarchs are talking. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> yeah. more. But yeah, so the kind of framework or neural network for this slime mold analogy is based on the cobweb, which is the, uh, the, the, the term more used for V5 now. And I like it better because it used to be referred to as the madness network mm-hmm. or Malkavian time, which has some uncomfy. That's Malkavian time. And I'm like, I don't like there's yeah. some connotations there this, that I'm like, mm. This is one of the things specifically that I wish got more um, focus from the clan instead of like the derangements and they're like kooky. It's it's like one we're, we're going to go in detail. But once you hear this, you're like, maybe none of them are actually like crazy or have mental illness. There's something wholly more terrifying going on. Uh, we talked about this in the Hannah episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm. we're going to elaborate yeah. on that further. So mm. uh, the cobweb can be conceptualized as a kind of collective unconsciousness that the whole clan shares that is semi-conscious itself. Mm-hmm. Which may or may not be mouth. It's a- almost like... Um, um, what's it called now? I forgot. Uh, Oblivion. It's almost like Oblivion yep. where it's like it is ever present and it may have an agenda. Yeah. It's this kind of ethereal. It's very like Cthulian in yeah. this. Uh, it might have its own uh, agendas and be doing its own thing or it might be really powerful Malkavians that have figured out how to uh, force their will into the cobweb so hard that they're able to kind of... Uh, like rudder steer this giant ship a little bit where it's Mm -hmm. like it's kind of the equivalent of mentally slamming that satellite into the asteroid hoping it'll move the asteroid like one degree right but that one degree can make all the fucking difference Mm -hmm. i was i was gonna say something but Mm -hmm. i'm afraid it would be uh come off as a little too mean no no no, what's up it's like when people make um political tweets and then think it changes anything Mm. yeah just kind of like throwing something out into the void and hope something well the difference is uh the powerful malkavians are probably having some effect the random political tweets probably not for most people and now and again you get one that just really strikes a chord everybody goes yes yeah or you get one everybody goes no and they get ratioed to fuck and we all have a good laugh (laughs) not that uh not that i don't do it myself too but i feel (laughs) i feel like it's important to remember that uh we don't always speak from the highest uh pulpit whenever we post shit online nope that is very true uh and and that kind of analogy to twitter yeah all my cavians are connected to this uh ethereal like neural network and it grants them access to each other dead alive potentially both past and future that's mm-hmm. painful yeah so basically (laughs) imagine that for the sanity's sake and it kind of goes on with 100 was saying imagine if you had your twitter feed scrolling like doom scrolling in your head constantly against your will and reason every second you're fucking awake yeah that's that's why the clan is kind of known as like the prophets or the like seers Mm. is because they're quite literally could and not everything they get is real it's just like twitter like you might get like some dude's random horny post followed by like war photos in another country that you can't do anything about followed by like a silly drawing of a cat like but it's just constant in your brain Yep. Mm-hmm. And the more ability you have to affect the weave, the more it affects you. The more nonstop yeah. it is pounded into your head. Mm-hmm. Oh God, could you imagine? I, I just thought about this: a fucking a parasocial relationship with another Malkavian through the cobweb, Ugh. where you just have constantly gotten their shit, but it's only been one way, and you just feel like 
I feel like I know this person and da 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 da. And mm-hmm. then you finally meet them and it's just, you're, you are fucking insane. Because <laughs> you're like, I know so many things about your internal thoughts and your plans and I want to help. And they're just like, I don't know you. Right. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, sorry, motherfucker. That almost happens in one mm-hmm. of the books, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. yeah. So that's one of those, uh, another dark level of just at within the cobweb that, you know, explore safely in your game, please. Yeah. Um,. Can't they use that for communication, too? Yeah, there is a lore sheet for the cobweb, which I will uh, yep, add sorry. more details for uh, when we get to that on the next episode. But to yes and that, yeah. uh, yes, it is common for Malkavians to kind of mentally and emotionally reach out to the cobweb to communicate and or, you know, share information or gather information. And it's kind of like a ham radio. Mm-hmm. But you don't know how really to control the ham radios. So you're just spinning dials being like, man, I hope I get somebody. It's a ham radio, but there's also not codes to use the ham radio. There's no codes to use the ham radio. And also the the, the ham radio might also be God. <laughs> you never know, you yeah. know? I, I, I think James whispered it, but like that is yeah. one of the big rumors is yeah. that the clown, the, the, the clan founder, although I guess the clown, clown founder found, might, be, uh, might be a, a little, little bit apt here. Um, yeah. Maybe a little offensive too. Yeah. A little bit of each isn't always the worst. Yeah, but um <laughs> but yeah, it is rumored that he is that network mm-hmm. that's like shooting info between everyone. Mm-hmm. And it is known to be semi consciousness. I mean some older people call it the weave, but theirs are the people who just predate like technology and basically science fiction. So the closest that they could compare it to would be like a giant uh spiritual weave of fabric that they're all a part of mentally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I brought that up in Gehenna and just kind of, like, did the whisper thing earlier because I was just like, it doesn't need to go over again, but we'll get into that in the history episode because one of those books has a uh, more in detail how it is theorized that that might have happened. Yeah, that's, and that will also, we, yep. we will share all of our fun theories on what happened to Malkov and the cobweb when we do the clan history because if I did that now, this would make this episode fucking ridiculous. We did, yeah. uh, Nobody here wants a four-hour podcast episode. I mean, Only you, this clan, me do. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> if you want that, pay us. Uh <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the most common manifestation for this is essentially hearing voices. So yeah, it's like you're just spinning a dial on a radio and sometimes you get into cool stuff and sometimes you get into, you know, Russian spies sending each other like coded words and letters and other times it's just ads. Mm -hmm. Uh, though there is a note in the older books that all Malkavians, regardless of how attuned they are to it, if another Malkavian in the area suffers final death like dead dead they can all feel it and mm-hmm. the sensation is worse the closer you are it's mm. kind of like this mental like like vacuum snap sensation and you're just like it, you get this kind of mental phantom limb feeling and it's just it's very unpleasant yeah it, there's a oh, oh i'll say it's not just how close you are either it's also how powerful specifically in the cobweb himself the person who died was and you are so as you grow more powerful you're also just like to the point where you're near constantly feeling your brethren die um there is a an anthology podcast that i really like called limetown okay um rest in peace Hmm? i love that podcast said rest in peace didn't it ended without a real um there's more to it because there was just one season i think there's like three or four now oh really they came back Mm -hmm. hell yeah you should watch more um it gets it gets (laughs) the first season is really i think the best one but it is it is anyway um there is a scene relatively early on spoilers skip ahead a little ways if you don't want to hear it but um there's a scene pretty early on where they are doing experiments to get like chips that create telepathy. 
so they can talk to people. And one of their experiments was put it in a pig and put it in a person. So that like simple brains, easy enough. It's just yeah. plain. And he talks about like the closer he is to this pig, Napoleon, the more he can feel like what Napoleon is thinking. But it's a pig, so it's really just mostly emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then something happens to traumatize Napoleon and he never actually gets over it. So the dude kind of always feels his anxiety. And as the pig gets more ang- anxious, he can feel it further and further away until they realize like, oh, this this pig's broken. We can't do the experiment anymore. We got to kill it. And he feels Napoleon die. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, it's a tragic like moment. It's like horrifying. And all this at the same time, you like kind of want to cry because like he's built this emotional bond with this pig. Um, Why didn't they just so take I, this chip out? Huh? So- well, be- uh, because it was just like, so the pigs were really there for food. Yeah. Um, and they were like, let's just use this one for okay. for the experiment. Mm-hmm. And then, well, pig's broken. Make it food. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I like to think that that's kind of what they, yeah. they're feeling. It's yeah. like he talks about going from like super anxious and like he can feel his thoughts and everything to just like dead silence and being mm-hmm. alone in his head again. Which uh, that's actually going to roll into the next point, uh, which is... Uh, much like how the older they are, it can increase the signal. Malkavians, when they're around each other, can be signal boosters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of the older texts, I haven't seen this so much in the V5. If I missed something, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, older texts for the Malkavian cobweb network, uh, the more Malkavians there are in an area, the stronger the cobweb is. And other people's uh, mental illness can also like feed into us into like a cycle loop and then actually spill out and affect other people as mm. well as like reverse feedback loop, mm-hmm. which is why you get into some interesting. It's some interesting lore. I just find it unfortunate considering the actual real world ramifications and current sufferings for like, hey, so there's a lot of religious remain uh, mania around like Jerusalem, mm. and I'm like, ooh, maybe, maybe let's not. not. Maybe let's not do that. Let's not gamify an apartheid yeah. state like that. But it is an interesting commentary on how uh, uh, like social manias and things and tied in with certain kind of religious thoughts can cause feedback loops of just uh, issues. And that's why you get these like satanic panics and like those Salem witch trials and things like that mm-hmm. kind of spool up into problems, especially in areas and times when there's a lot of tension. I think that could be an interesting topic to explore in story, but you really need to handle that tactfully, please. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And I don't know how deep we're going to get into it over on the episode, but it, I do think it's also interesting, the implication that like high levels of trauma, specifically trauma in a specific place, can like nearly begin to like tear the reality of that location apart. Um, that's kind of what it gets into. Um, I mean, that's what a lot of people who believe in ghost theorize ghosts are there. A lot of them are just like events that are so traumatic. They're literally recorded onto the earth itself. It's like the stone tape theory is that what they call Mm it. Um, and that's kind of a angle you could use like the madness network and similar kind of thing. Sorry if this is still detent, like a derailing, but it's a similar feeling about, um, God fucking damn it. I, I lost it you. again. Human experiments involving LSD. Uh, MKUltra. Thank you. That's kind of like what people talk about MKUltra being. It's like it's a psychic scar on the human people. Ah, uh, yeah. Because um, it's just so fucking awful. So, yeah, that, that's kind yeah. of just playing And you can get no, in, no, no, Yeah, point. and that can also be yes and into other just cultural, like, horror stories within, like, the Showa and, like, indigenous genocides and other just 
fucked yeah. like transatlantic slave trade just absolute just like yeah this because there's there is a lot of science behind uh generational trauma like affecting your dna and then affecting the dna of your ancestors and that's why like certain populations in the united states like there's certain groups of people that have health care issues and a lot of that is now being tied to generational trauma that has like affected them on a genetic level yeah which is fucking horrifying it's nuts it's It's fucking nuts let's just be nice to each other please yay can we please yay be a little nice uh but yeah so uh this uh cobweb and being able to share information and potentially get glimpses of the future and the past and all of this is a blessing curse a blurse if you will for the malkavians it's blurst it's blurst uh (laughs) well yeah so a lot of people are you know like hey cool i have this ability where i can like get insight to things and get secret knowledge but also you just have this constant like carnal trimming of just the human experience just in the back of your head and it won't shut the fuck up Hmm. some of it thinks you're pretty and some of it thinks you're awful and you should do terrible things and other people are like no you should help people and it's just constantly just like yeah that's rough yeah so that's exciting most people have two wolves inside them right most people have two wolves uh some people have two pugs malkavians have all the wolves and they will not stop screaming and then for some reason they're in a tv store they're all huskies they're all huskies (laughs) yeah Yeah. god i i wonder how many people on the madness network just accidentally tune into somebody it's just fucking a pack of huskies just howling and screaming just oh god what do you think happens at those get-togethers <laughs> yes uh so to lighten the mood a little bit uh Malkavians fucking love cities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh it. yeah uh it's very rare to find Malkavians outside of a city so if you see a Malkavian and they're not in town something has happened they're probably not happy they're probably the not happy <laughs> you should pick them up and probably take them to the nearest town <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, whether this is due to their lack of uh, stability, making it hard for them to survival in like survival situations because they're not, they're not well, most of them. So, you know, it's hard to have the focus be like, okay, I need to like get kindling and find north. And mm-hmm. yeah, that requires a level of focus that some of them just don't fucking have. Right. And uh, some of it might just be, you know, they just kind of like the vibes. They're like, hey, I have a lot of energy. This place also has a lot of energy. Nice. I like it here. Oh, yeah. There is a note in one of the books. I believe it's revised mm-hmm. when I was reading. And they basically mention that part of the reason um, Malkavians love cities so much is that they force so many people into one place that like chaos and madness are bound to happen. Mm-hmm. And that uh, they often get blamed for like the fall of civilizations and like people going nuts and rioting and stuff. But it's just as often that they're just drawn to it to mm-hmm. watch as they are to like create it. Yeah, it's causation, not correlation. Yeah. They're oh. just like, oh, you're here. Clearly, you're the fault. And it's like, no, we're here because it's about to happen. Kind of like a Mothman. Yeah, it's like, look, there's problems happening. And they're just like, you know, what? I vibe at this at this like this is this is where i'm at and i'm like okay cool i'm just kind of chilling here why why is everyone mad at me i just i just liked it here there's a there's a very iconic bit of text at least to me where it talks about them like sitting on the mountains and i believe it's watching the fall of rome Mm -hmm. as they just sit on the mountains and hillsides and watch it happen Mm -hmm. not that they didn't have any influence over it but it was something that was bound to happen but they were meant to be there to see it happen yeah Mm. it's like well we're this is happening now anyways (laughs) <laughs> uh i do think there's an interesting note with that uh 
because of the instability of a lot of Malkavians and the way cities are now, this trend might start to reverse and a lot of Malkavians might start to like Ted Kaczynski themselves Hmm. because uh, there's so much surveillance and people, especially the West, do not have a kindness to mental health problems. So if somebody is having an episode, people immediately like whip phones out to record it or immediately call cops. And uh, we don't have systems in place to take care of people like that that don't have supernatural powers on top of that. And Mm -hmm. the odds of them having an episode and potentially causing a massive masquerade breach and it being recorded is huge. So there's like this whole other extra layer of stress on the Monkavians, especially in modern cities. Yeah. And I think that there's a reverse effect of that too, especially with social media. Mm-hmm. And like, I know we talked about it, of it on our like cults episode and I always watching stuff on this because I find it endlessly fascinating, but like the world of like holistic therapy and medicine and like the ability we to survive in our society being mentally ill if you're able to make it quirky like essentially just like yeah i have like debilitating mental illness but i buy i post about crystals all the time and like i'm into like healing my chakras like as a white lady like there is like a little give and take there to where like malkavians could do fucking well right now if they had a had enough like instagram followers and no oversight yeah, there's also um, things like mentally ill TikTok, which I'm very much on, where there's just sound bites constantly just making fun of your own is- issues and just kind of making it uh, jokes as catharsis. Like one of my favorite ones is people putting the sound bite like, ooh, I'm mentally ill while they're putting their medication into a toy like candy dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, if that's the tool that helps you take your meds. Do it. Do it. For surezies. Is there anybody on this podcast that isn't on mentally ill TikTok? I'm not, I on, am TikTok. not on TikTok. Yeah. Okay, that makes you guys sense. would immediately get thrown into that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean it, TikTok has a. I, I'm pretty sure it's a psyop by the technocracy because man, it's real good at just going. I know what you are. TikTok's a psyop from the Chinese government. That's what that is. Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was about to say. I've been playing too much Shadowrun recently <laughs> to know that it to ever think it was a mistake. No, yeah, it is not. But you know, I, it's it's interesting. Visionaries. Uh, the, the, a lot of Malkavians will pick up the role of being seers and soothsayers and that kind of thing. Uh, this is done with a combination of the cobweb and auspex because there's the premonition ability, mm-hmm. which is a fun storytelling device we'll talk about later. Uh, their insights extend beyond standard soothsaying. So it's not just a, hey, so I rattled some bones and put down some tarot cards and this is my interpretation of what's going on. Um, Malkavians have a perception that goes beyond the mind and like actual planes of reality which is kind of where uh some of their ties in the early books to like mage and like changeling kind of kicks in because it's like no some of them are literally seeing different planes of reality yeah some of them can do that Yeah, and that is something that I would suggest for um, someone who maybe was a little uh, uncomfortable with like the super mental illnessy side of things is like none of the Malkavians have to be mentally ill. Uh, they can all actually just be seeing so much and like a different reality than everyone else that while they may seem mentally ill, they are 100% sane in the best way that they can be. But or maybe they have a ton of trauma from that. But like you don't have to make it real world mental illness. Like mm-hmm. this person doesn't have, didn't become a Malkavian and all of a sudden get um, like some sort of compulsive disorder. They became Malkavian and they s- realized that like, oh, that tree doesn't really exist. I, I can see through that tree that I also can see. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's uh, much like, I believe, uh, good representations of this are uh, Jean Grey in the beginning of X-Men and Sookie Stackhouse from the Sookie Stackhouse books. Uh, psychics. Uh, well, not psychics. Uh, telepaths that are just like the reality of if you had telepathy, you can't just turn off your hearing. If you just straight up like you became a Malkavian and the cobweb just hit and you have all this new sensory information that you can't stop. There is no way to close your eye. Well, a new baby bat. There's probably some things in the lore that give Malkavians the ability to meditate and close himself off in the web a little bit. Not really. It mostly just gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse over time. There is a group of Malkavians that I'm going to talk about in the second episode yeah. that that kind of kicks in with. But uh, Yeah, I would assume that there is a an ability to regulate your ability to perceive, but... I would assume that, that that is more the thing that drives you crazy. Just an unfiltered, like, if you had Fox, the Discovery Channel, Comedy Central, and AMC playing on the TV constantly, and you cannot change which direction the channels are going, how much volume any of them are, and they're all fluctuating on forward, backward volume, brightness scale, just you had to deal with that, that would make most people a little unhinged. Yeah. Uh, kind of also ties in for another media reference. Uh, our much beloved film Videodrome. Oh yeah, no. yeah. Like this guy is being bombarded with a radio signal through TV, and it like completely fucks his perception. But if you follow his train of logic, the uh, the protagonist's reaction to uh the infiltration of media into human consciousness with violence like completely makes sense, but. Everybody that is an outside observer would just see, oh, this is a crazy guy that's come to shoot TV execs. Yep. And it's then they're just like, what the fuck? But this guy's also getting constantly bombarded with like psychosexual like trauma and just bullshit. And he pulls a gun out of his stomach vagina. And I <laughs> the will, movie's sick. I will never not be stoked thinking about that scene in the Keystone Art Cinema mm -hmm. where there you could tell there were a few people there that did not know what they were getting into. <laughs> oh. And yes. then that scene happened and this guy stands up and I can see him just shaking his head and he just walks out and does not so come back funny, in. So funny, because that movie was made in like, what, the mid-80s? Yeah. Like, this is a 30-plus-year-old movie and people yeah. are still just like, nope. I can't do it. I know this is a weird deep dive, but uh, there's got to be somebody that's uh, uh, that's here for this. Funny enough, uh, in Geist, the ghost and the machine power literally quoted to just be like, watch Videodrome. Yep. That's hilarious. They're just like, this will explain what this power does. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, like Videodrome. Yeah, Videodrome. And another like visionary thing that I think would be an interesting media representation is uh, Possessor. Yep. Mm. Is another good one where it's like, it's it's two people that you're having to deal with at a time because it's like the, the, the main character is trying to infiltrate the brain of one other person. But... The way that that's done visually, I think, is very interesting and can be a good player storyteller, like, start point to craft a character that's dealing with these kinds of things. And then you can just scale it up to, well, how many Malkavians are the city? This is now going to be exponentially worse based on how many yeah. of your friends are in the area and also how you're doing. And it's just, I'm going to no. melt my brain into somebody else's brain and we're going to be the same person, but not. And I, ah, uh, can no, I kill then... myself while also being assassin for this other person? What does it mean to be me? Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that's fun. Yep. But, you know, uh, oh, go ahead. Just one quick yes ending. Actually, no, yes ending. Skipper. Much like how the Oblivion and the Madness, ne well, the Cobweb are probably very the same. It much probably feels like you're adrift in an ocean of thought. Yeah, yeah it's just opposite sensations where the Abyss is uh, entropy and just nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Cobweb is everything at once all the time. Mm -hmm. 
which I still need to see that movie. Yeah, yeah it looks it's really decent. dope. Same. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are we with things? Yeah. So whilst having this ability is a blessing and a curse, uh, a lot of people in the Camarilla tend to rely on Malkavians because they have these insights that are uh, profound and have ways of being able to like be advantageous because it's like, okay, sometimes they see things that are like way ahead of the curve so I can get ahead of my enemies. I can now also get information outside of computer tracking, which is fucking super useful in the mm-hmm. age of the Second Inquisition. There's not a lot of Malkavian princes. They tend to be advisors or like even can be like really powerful primogen tend to not get big boy seats very often. They uh, There's actually a note, I believe it's in revised. I can't remember specifically, but it talks about how many Malkavians think um, part of it is because the Camry is afraid of how well they'd actually do when they mm. are put in control. Mm. When you have that kind of like soothsaying ability and the, basically the ability to communicate with all your brethren and you're also in charge of the entire city. That's kind of terrifying. Imagine if your prince was also a hive mind with every other Malkavian in the city. Yeah. The more powerful, the easier it is to communicate on the Madness Network. Imagine if your prince could just summon every single one of his clansmen to him. Yeah. Which uh, that actually brings up a, a storyline and plot I did for one character who was playing a fish malk. I'm just like... How did I have the the plot turn into bad things? I had a fucking virtual adept use music to hack the Madness Network and summon them all to one area because he had an enemy that wanted to kidnap him. I was like, no, no, no. This rave will hack the Madness Network and you will be here and you will be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, that's also the double-edged sword of because they are unstable but useful in the Camarilla tend to be... If you, especially if you're a visionary soothsayer Malkavian, you tend to get a little bit of leeway where they're just like, we don't like your outbursts. We'll just, we'll let the decorum go. But mm-hmm. like, we're not going to invite you to the big boy meetings, but mm-hmm. you know, eh, it's fine. Right. Uh, but pranks, bro. Pranks. Malkavians I, fucking love pranks. I like pranks. Pranks are fun, but they are one of the things that I feel like, and even in the writings, not always great. But they definitely kind of brought that like fish malk a little like disruptiveness to the character in a way that's not good for storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's I at least for me, I think having pranks involving the characters is good in a story archetype. So if you're looking into kind of like characters like Loki or Anansi, where it's like, yeah, they're doing fucked up shit, but like there's a reason for it or their prank causes the creation of something else that can be useful or gives insights to other things and perspectives that is good. And Malkavians try to do that, but sometimes because of the 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 neural spicy is trying to explain something to the neurotypical and it just doesn't fucking translate. And they're just like, I just look like an ass, don't I? And it's like, you do. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I just had this idea. Uh-huh. I love the idea. Mm-hmm. Malkavian has a coterie member mm-hmm. who's a relatively new vampire. Malkavian schemes and schemes and schemes and schemes and schemes and schemes and schemes to set up this crazy, elaborate, like political intrigue craziness. We got to do all this nuts stuff. And then by the very end, like they get to the thing and they're like, you know, oh, it's supposed to be this crazy artifact or whatever. We find it and it just got a note that's like, the prize is all the lessons we've learned. And that's his prank. Yeah. Like he's just been spending like four years planning this like crazy ass like quote unquote prank. That's like, well, you actually didn't get what you wanted, but we got something better. Friendship. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's perfect. That's yeah. fucking perfect. We're just like spinning these webs of just political intrigue, and the baby bat has no fucking idea, and everybody else is just like, uh, 
I'm not going to get in on that. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Like, yeah, sure, man. I'll help you out right. with this scavenger hunt, essentially, is what it is. And then after years of just toiling and thinking, like, I'm working my way up through the ladder, and the Vakim's like, surprise, you did it. Here's a cake. And it's like, I can't even eat that. Why? But you can have it. But you've learned, haven't you? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So this tradition has gone on from ancient times up until now. It's often why the Makinians are known as jesters. Mm -hmm. That's what mm -hmm. they used to be called in the Dark Ages book. Yeah. Well, it's know. kind of a way also for them to like, jesters, historically, as I remember, were one of the only people that could like straight up make fun of the king yeah. to his face it was and like, not get beheaded. Yeah. Similar like, with these, with Malkavians is like, they kind of get that permission. Mm -hmm. It was like the, the closest thing to like political commentary where they're like, we need to hear the voice of the people, but it needs to have a jaunty hat yeah. so I can either take it seriously or ignore it because it has jingly bells. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if your Malkavian is basically just John Oliver on last week tonight, <laughs> I feel like that's amazing. Where it's like, yeah, we're doing hard hitting political commentary on the state of things in the city. But also I bought this giant alligator statue where it's giving the bird. <laughs> we also need to have Adam Driver destroy me. <laughs> I also think it's an interesting um, trope that goes beyond World of Darkness. Mm -hmm. um, if you go back and play second edition D&D, I believe it's in the Thieves book um, that they put out for second ed. Uh, there is a subclass uh, in that which you are a jester. Mm -hmm. And the jester's ability is that you become immune to any sort of like psychic attack. Like if someone tries to read your mind, uh, they instead have to roll to avoid taking damage Dope. because your brain is so like fragmented and just like unpredictable. I, th I just think that's interesting that even like D&D &D was doing that mm -hmm. way back when. I do think it's very funny because I've considered playing that in second ed. They also have proficiency in combat juggling. Stab. Well, no. All eight knives are going at you now. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, that's dope. I've seen uh, jugglers. I believe it. I yep. believe it. We saw them. At, we saw that interesting juggler guy at uh, Gen Con this year. Yeah, don't piss oh, yeah. off the jugglers. Yeah. It was Giacomo or something. He was a good guy. Just, just don't fuck, don't fuck with jugglers. Yeah, don't. Like they got, they got ups. I will say though, I have a friend who used to be in the circus, mm -hmm. and he said that in the um, political rungs of the circus, at the bottom is clowns, and slightly above them is jugglers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, just saying. Oof. Jugglers, I'm sorry, but you're at the bottom of the, the food chain. Everybody as, as far looks as down on you. Things might have changed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Steve-O's was a clown, and look what he's done for those people. For, uh, for clowns? Yes. <laughs> what he was he a professional for? clown before right. he joined Oh, yeah, Jackass. wasn't he well, a yeah, rodeo he's clown? Not a... Yeah. 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 But that's okay. also literally yes. just sure. playing jackass. <laughs> I was about to say, he was just, he's been a jackass his whole life. Yeah, then he's just been doing that until his body was like, no. Right. <laughs> so he's like, bro, you need veneers. Your and teeth like, are fucked up. And it's like, you know what, Steve, I'm glad you're doing better if you listen to this for some reason. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you're a delight. Uh, in typical World of Darkness fashion, these pranks uh, do oftentimes go out of hand. Uh, some of these will spiral with their gags and become more elaborate to the point of endangering others, unfortunately. Uh, yep. Some of these pranks will reveal benign, will revel in being benignly cruel, where it's just like... Yeah, they're doing the pranks, they're making a point, but they're getting a little satisfaction out of just being a fucking prick. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes they're also just trying to teach a lesson. 
Yeah, and it's like, there's like, you know, the level of prank, prank bros where they're like, I'm helping the homeless, and they're not at all, and they're just kind of like, basically it's just gross young teenage boys or young men mm. that are just walking up and going like, why are you poor? <laughs> Anyways, here's $100. Uh, fight, yeah. uh, fight your yeah. friend. Yeah, like hobo boxing, that yeah. kind of shit. And it's just like, that's gross. And I mean, I guess you gave him a sandwich, which is good, but like that doesn't help it anyone. It was very exploitive. If- yeah. If this is upsetting, if this subject is upsetting to anyone, go watch Hobo with a Shotgun. It's literally the revenge version of what happens when you're like, what if I made the, the homeless my entertainment? Be like, what if the homeless accidentally got a shotgun yeah. and went John Wick on rich people? I, uh, Hobo with a Shotgun was fun. Yeah, I would point Very out too. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I would point out too that like a lot of the pranks that quote get go out of hand are often in the book we're described as literally just putting someone in their place and then calling it a joke. Mm-hmm. Like literally just like tearing someone's another like kindred's everything down around them and then see being like, see, you weren't that great after all. <laughs> like it's not even really a joke. It's literally just ruining someone's life and then saying, but don't you get it now? Don't you see how worthless you actually are? Damn. Wait, right. Uh, which I, as a player and a storyteller, love that shit. But uh, like in the context of the story, it's just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, say, that's uh, rough. A story element that happened in one of our recent games. And one thing that happened with that, like Max did have a moment like that where somebody was just like, I'm in charge. I'm the big boy. I'm I'm the one. And I'm just like, sir, did you forget you're in my haven? I don't think you're as big a shit as you think you are. Right, which my, if you were to like, Go into the gesture trope for that yeah. from Alcavian seat instead of just pointing out like, "Hey, here's the rule, like yeah, yeah, you, you rules just, of Haven." Uh, you just fucking would pull out what paintball gun and just shoot him in the face, yeah. and be like, Haha, "You're in my house, go yeah, home." Exactly, it'd just be like doing a jaunty haha, and then just be like, "You can't do shit because if you do," or one of those old timey like soda spray bottles, like oh. the glass ones. That's yeah, those. Except it would have like holy water in it. The thing is, like, it's a lot more mean spirited than it is silly. Generally, yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's what makes it go from being like a good storytelling element to like what people negatively um, stereotype this clan with. Yeah, where- it's it. It is traumatic. The pranks are almost borderline always traumatizing another person, kindred or human or whatever they may be, and then. They're usually the only one who gets the joke. Or other Malkavians. Yeah, or people who don't like that person. Like, and a prank could straight up just be an assassination. Like, they may call it a joke, but they may just put, like, an Irish bomb in someone's car and then be like, ha ha, you see? Now you're dead. Yeah, he's flammable. See, I told you he wasn't invincible. (laughs) You set him on fire. (laughs) I mean, he said he was invincible. I think there's room for, like, a slight sliding scale on this, but, you know. Yeah. There is also the far side of this where Hunter was getting into where some of it is just people being vicious and then afterwards being like, oh, it was a prank. And it's like getting that serial killer, like borderline personality realm of just like, oh, they're not well. Mm -hmm. And they're using the cloak of being the clan that they are to get away with being a fuck. Yeah, they kind of the the Gacy thing. Mm-hmm. I'm tying you up. This is we're just playing around. What a funny joke. We're yeah, just, we're just wrestling. We're just we're just a couple of we're a couple of guys just having fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Ignore just, the fact that I've just tied your arms behind your back. I don't have thirty kids in the basement. It's fine. Right. 
What? Uh, and yeah, and often this uh, desire for pranking or this impulse to like just fuck with people to make a point is another citation of why Malkavians are tied in with the Changeling. Because, mm. you know, Changeling also, a lot of them have the, the similar very vicious and cruel prank, but it's to make a point uh-huh. kind of a thing. Or, you know, like Changeling deals where they're just like, you know, just take your fucking pronouns. <laughs> Can I have a moment of your time? And you go, yeah, sure. And like, cool, thanks. And then they fuck off and you're like, what does that mean? Ah! I'm going to take a nice Wednesday from you, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's in that kind of vein. And that's definitely a consent talk at session zero. If somebody really wants to get into this, be like, how far can I go before I'm just being an asshole as a player and not like as a character? Right. Hooray. Uh, academics. Uh, a lot of Malkavians are fucking nerds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the clan Malkavian is one of the most uh, educated and generally uh, clans short of the Tremere, <laughs> which is fun. A lot of the Malkavians tend to focus on the mind, which leads them to being interested in psychology, biology, philosophy, religious studies, anything that allows them to explore the psyche and perception. Hmm. So you get a lot of, you know, doctors. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, because just trying to make make sense of what the fuck is happening around mm-hmm. them by studying it. Speaking of, there's also, because uh, we've talked about bloodlines, there's also that Malkavian in bloodlines that's just like, I'm not crazy. It's just like, you have rampant OCD and a desire to control the world. Yes, you are, sir. You're very smart and uh, very poignant, but you are definitely just as crazy. Just because you're a learned man did not stop that. Well, that's what I was getting at earlier. It's like, A, from, I feel like it's kind of like a villain where no one ever, more, most of the time, most people don't really believe that they are the villain mm-hmm. of a story. Um, one of the common tropes in even the fluff in these books is the character does not see themselves as mentally compromised. Uh, they might be traumatized. They might ha- be confused, but they don't believe that they are actually like not working mentally. They, If anything, they either believe that they see a greater truth than everyone else or they believe that like, oh, I get confused a lot, but like, I'm not mad. I'm not crazy. I'm just, you know, I'm a little confused sometimes. It's like the person who's like, I'm not, I'm not depressed. I'm not depressed. Yeah, I don't get out of bed for days at a time sometimes, but like, I feel fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, character kind of trope for this is like very Herbert West. Fucking brilliant scientist. Cannot argue that. Not well. (laughs) That's just weapons grade autism. He's just like, I don't get people, but I understand how to sew them back together and make them people. On top of that, there's also just the like delusions of grandeur and uh, disassociation from humanity and just, you know, just being like, yeah, I I put the cat in the fridge. Of course I did. Like, What was I supposed to do? Write a cat, write a note, cat dead details later. Yeah. That's my favorite fucking line in that movie. I uh, I actually have a pair of sweatpants my girlfriend got for me that say on one leg, it says cat dead details later. Nice. Oh, nice. But uh, my first Malkavian was actually my first uh, World of Darkness character I ever played was a vampire based on Herbert West. Yeah. Uh, He was a Malkavian and he thought that he could cure vampirism. Um, through science and was literally taking points in vicissitude to like sew dead bodies together. Like, well, if I can figure out how to make one, I can figure out how to break one. Yeah. The logic is sound, but also, ah. Yeah. Which is pretty much Malkavian. Yeah, go to therapy. (laughs) Men will literally 
animate dead corpses instead of go to therapy. (laughs) Yeah, you know, if that's not a man for you, God (laughs) fucking damn it. Uh, Social bugs. Uh, Malkavians are one of the few clans that feel a drive towards companionship. Oh. Which is kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, This will drive them to either uh, embrace or seek out friendship with others, often uh, and including very unconventional friendships. So Malkavian, out of all the clans of Malkavian is the one most likely to just like go up to a mage and be like, hi, let's be pals. You seem neat. You see that? Cool. (laughs) Here's a rock and we'll leave. We're friends now. With the amount of magic spears, they might see it. (laughs) Just we're going to get soft tacos later. And it's like, buddy... You literally can't eat them. He's like, I have them, though. That's all I wanted. I have mm. them now, and then when I'm done with them, I'll give them to somebody else. Yeah, what I'm I'm literally picturing, I'm out caving, just picking up a mage, just one-handed. Doesn't know how he does it, but just picks up a mage. We're friends now. <laughs> We're having our tacos. See, I really like the, uh, I'm, I'm stuck in Toreadors, because oh, I, I can. I love him to death. No, um, that's fine. But... I like the idea of a Malkavian and a Toreador becoming friends. And oh, the Toreador yeah. just being like, he takes me on adventures. He, he's whimsical. I don't <laughs> yeah. have to think about the social bullshit and, ha- and who I have to cut down. It's just a vibe. I yeah. can just wear sweatpants and hang out. Like, right. he doesn't care. He doesn't yep. judge me when I put weird clothes on him. He just kind of actually enjoys it. It's great to bounce fucking projects off of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, like I, also, I like it. Yeah. So it's just one of those, like, eh, if you're somebody who's a person that likes playing more social characters, Malkavian's a great fucking avenue to just have the, hi, how you doing? It just, all I could think of is fucking, uh, I don't know how many of you guys have seen, like, Henry Rowland's speaking tours, but he's talked about, like, his mom teaching him as a kid. Like, if you want to go make friends, Henry, just walk up to him and go, hi, my name is Henry, and stick your hand out. <laughs> And he's like, I did that all the time, whether it made social sense or not. <laughs> oh, now we're getting to that part where yes. I talked about the Madness Network and just randomly. That, that, an extension of this desire for social gatherings leads to literally things called gatherings. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Juggalos. Well, I was Kinda. about to say, did we just make a discovery? <gasps> well, the thing whoop, is, whoop. Are the, <laughs> the, the, the Juggalos, even though we may not perceive it, have an organization structure where they actually write stuff down. The Malkavians just kind of like have a feeling they should start going like in a direction. No, I mean, sometimes they write it down. What they do, what they would do is like, you know, just like, look, we're going to write an address in all of the phone books on the same page. And we're all just going to know to open that page. And that's where the address is. Okay, the most unrealistic thing we've talked about so far, Juggalos can't read. Oh, I'm kidding. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah, no, they're just like, yeah, no, we know the date of the meeting because of the UBC code on the Fago bottles. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, their, actually... that's their cobweb. Fago bottle cobweb. <laughs> right? So this also kind of leads back into my slime mold theory. where it's, <laughs> it, goes back to, it goes back to the slime molds. Uh, yeah, the Malkavians because of the cobweb and just the way that they organize uh, when they decide in an area to have a gather. They, it's The word gets out. There's various ways of doing it. It could be radio broadcasts. It could be text messages. could be graffiti. could just be somebody in the city through the network just being like, hey. Yeah. I want to hang out. We should play Xbox. There was essentially in the old editions um, a side discipline you could take. I believe it was counted as a skill, mm-hmm. but it, it let you manipulate the um, madness time as they called it. And that, that was the distinction. The madness network is all the every day the flashing images in your head. Malkavian time was specifically an ability you could take that let you just instant 
definitely know when and where an, a meeting was happening and call them yourself. And the more dots you had, the more warning you got, or the more people you could draw to your gatherings. Yeah. Kind of fun That's thing, cool. though, and in juxtaposition at the gang girl when they would have their organized quote unquote meetings and it would just be like, Kind of a festival, kind of a free-for-all punch fest. Uh, the Macavian meetings tend to be rather chill. I like the idea of them just having like a bunch of beanbags. Kind of, yeah. People <laughs> just meet up, they share information. Sometimes somebody gets up and makes an announcement. And then y'all fuck off. They, they talks about in the book where literally not everyone who shows up to a gathering may ever even learn the business that was taking place at that gathering. Like three or four people may be like scheming in the corner and everyone else is just hanging out and having a good time, which to me is like kind of fun, but also to me appears as a form of cover to where like if your three Malkavians are scheming in a corner, but there are 12 there just doing their thing. To any outside observer, it's just going to be all a bunch of chaos. Yeah. Or just like, okay, kind you of guys... the pack of zebra uh, mm-hmm. the evolutionary trait there. It's just, we all blend in together and it just makes it hard to pick one out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can kind of think of these as like community, like council meetings, or it could be like a work, like office mixer, like people just meeting up with a cooler, like, hey, Bob's up. Or like a block party sometimes where it's a little bit more festive. And mm-hmm. they're just like, Hey, look, I bought creepy paper. I've decorated this time. Ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. I, I always love the juxtaposition of putting something kind of wholesome with just these absolute fucking psychos that vampires are and mm-hmm. just seeing how people parse that where they're like, I've come to play a cool, sexy vampire game where I'm going to be hot and a badass. And I'm just like, well, you go to a, a, a convention hall and somebody has set up a punch bowl. It is just regular punch. <laughs> There's like orange slices in it. Everybody's just kind of pleasant. And there's like very lame, just kind of chill music just playing in the background. Everybody's like, what the? F-? Just I just like the Colin Robinson things, honestly. See, the thing is, when, <laughs> when, you, when you're playing Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah. And you go to a party where you know there's going to be other kindred. You're probably going there for some sort of like pretty serious reason. Mm-hmm. Vampires always have a serious reason to do everything. Mm-hmm. And you show up and there's a pleasant guy serving punch and like little triangle sandwiches. Mm-hmm. As a player, the first thing that my brain goes to is what the fuck is happening in the basement? What the fuck is happening yeah. in the basement? <laughs> do you want to go to the basement? No, but I have to. <laughs> I didn't say you had to. I know, but I got a thing. Yeah, see, this is why I'm awful as an ST because there's always some fucked up shit. Yeah. Regardless of how pleasant the front is. And I'm just like, it's up to you if you go. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't go then you're just not gonna know you don't have to you don't have to know you don't have to know but you know things are happening yeah yeah speaking of things happening the embrace mm. uh uh Bucavians tend to embrace from all walks of life so good news yay everyone's at threat everyone is at threat uh it also tends to they they also tend to if they are making a choice to lean towards anybody, it tends to be people that either already have mental illness or tend to have like really bad uh, streaks of luck or like have tough life upbringing. So you get a lot of the tragic, like, oh no, everything in their life went wrong. And then somebody showed up and was like, hi, what if I made it worse? Do you think that part of that might be, I hope this isn't something we're going to talk about. That yeah. might be like almost a mercy that the Malkavians look at. That's... Like if I'm, I'm I'm going to embrace someone who's already mentally unwell, they might be able to actually handle yeah, this. That's what I was about to say. Like it might be somebody that has the mental fortitude to already be like, well, 
You already kind of know. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if that's for some like, of them part that of might it. be it. So they talk about it a little bit, and there's actually a discussion on our Discord that was happening about like the embrace and like physical and mental illness and how it handles that. And I think there there's a quote that I was I want to save it for this episode because people have been talking about it. It's in revised and it talks about um, uh, derangements, which don't exist anymore. So don't get hung up on that. But it uh, it essentially says that someone who has a mental illness um, is not guaranteed to have that same mental illness when they become a Malkavian. So like you could turn someone with like schizophrenia and then all of a sudden, well, they don't have schizophrenia anymore. Now they just, they have very bad OCD. Or um, some Malkavians end up with both. So they have whatever mental illness they had as a person plus something new. Um, And it talks about specifically that because a lot of mental illness is um, based on like chemical imbalances in the brain. uh, Well, vampires are walking corpses. They doesn't matter about the chemicals in their brain. They don't use them anymore. They're much more of a spiritual creature, Mm -hmm. as weird as that sounds to say. And so like they were talking about how a lot of mental illness that is literally just like a chemical or physical probably goes away. Same reason some guy with heart disease becomes a vampire. He didn't have to worry about having a coronary. Mm, um, yeah. But the which I think is a good way to separate that meant the any uncomfortable with with dealing with mental illness and the actual characters is like this person is not dealing with an actual chemical imbalance that affects like real people every day. This is something like different and spooky and mystical. And I think for me, I think that makes it much more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it takes away from some of that stigma that you might get from being like, no, I'm just going to play a real mental illness. Right. I think it's kind of interesting because like being like a, though you use the word spiritual for, for vampires, I think it's interesting to think about it like if someone did have the same uh, mental illness, again, I'll just go for like depression because it's super easy. You know, you may not have that chemical imbalance anymore if you wanted to continue for your character the yeah. same, you know, mental illness that you had while you were living. It's like, I would think it'd be kind of cool to be like, okay, well, you don't have that chemical imbalance anymore. So the chemicals in your brain don't matter. But that is also like a feeling that if you've ever suffered from depression, it's like, it almost feels like it is a part of like your soul. And so maybe you don't get that chemical imbalance anymore but that feeling and that like heaviness is a thing that sticks with you regardless yeah i I just think that's a cool idea for a character i like that actually just saying that a little bit i think one of the big things about vampires is like they're trying to hold on to humanity as they knew it um like their touchstones are usually like people that remind them of or existed in their previous life yeah i think a vampire who may have been depressed and even though they don't have like the chemical side of it having depression is a part of the existence that they would know as being human Mm -hmm. so while trying to hold on to your human experience you may not actually be able to physically feel tired anymore but like having those patterns and those feelings may be a part of what humanity means to you that imperfection yeah you can get in some interesting stuff because malkavian as a clan tends to focus so heavily on the mind Mm -hmm. and what that means and if vampires are more of a spiritual beating what does having such a cerebral experience mean in the context of that and that gets into some clan early lore with the Malkavian, Salubri, and the Setites, but that is the next episode. I will talk about that bullshit. Yeah. Uh, 
the uh, Malkavians uh, that are particularly unwell might embrace and have no idea that they had done it. Mm. And Do it so, in almost like while you're in almost a fugue state kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, so there's a handful, more than a handful of the caitiff that are just Malkavians that just are like, I woke up like this. I don't know what the fuck. Mm-hmm. And I can hear people. I don't know who Todd is. <laughs> right? Todd Clorox. <laughs> Todd Clorox. Yes. Yeah. And, Clorox. Uh, to get into some uh, Gold Star territory, uh, there is a tradition within the Malkavians called reality busting within Embrace. Um, this is the practice where uh, the sire will mentally destroy a potential child or before embrace through elaborate gaslighting. Yeah, and this is something I've specifically seen like people comment on both these books and not really understand what the book was trying to get at. You are destroying someone's reality to prepare them for the embrace. You are like doing... Like Sarah said, gaslighting. You're destroying their um, sense of reality around them so that when they're embraced and they get the curse of Malkav, as some call it, the madness, um, Mm. uh, why not? You know, that's just as real as anything else I've ever experienced in the last like six months. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's one way of perceiving this. There's also just the getting into I I am always of the mind that just because you're mentally unwell does not absolve you of the weight of the morality of your choices. And there's going to be some Malkavians who just like doing this or this is the way they were embraced and they're kind of just continuing cycles of violence. So this is a interesting story trope that also needs to be handled with a lot of care and respect. Um, I think some media uh, examples of this stuff can be things like Eyes Wide Shut or I think it's called The Game as Michael Douglas in it. And basically his friends hire some company to do a really elaborate like prank puzzle thing for him to process, but he's not aware he's involved in it. He just thinks people are like harassing and gang stalking him. It's mm. it's a fucking good movie, but you're also just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Would society work for that? I think that would work for that as well. Because it's like he's not necessarily actually, well, he's kind of being gaslit by the... Uh, whole therapist. Town? Well, the whole no, town. No, no, yeah, no, no. But the specifically, the specific- therapist was very gaslighty, like yeah, switching out the tapes and all that kind of stuff. Specifically, like the one percent of the town, because it wasn't like the whole town. Because like the, the the people who were not part of the society species, yeah, weren't gaslighting them. They didn't know. They were just like, "No, you're a rich kid." And it's like, yeah. "No, you're not one of us." Oh, also, get out is like perfect for yeah. this. <sighs> um, but yeah, the, this practice involves like stalking harassment uh marilyn not marilyn charles manson uh creepy crawling style break-ins where they'll just come into your house move all your shit and like leave Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh just kind of ruin your sense of safety uh dominating people around the victim to forget things about the victim or add beliefs into their head to think that things happened that didn't uh also using uh dementation to like force people to have hallucinations and just all sorts of fucked shit Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of i actually just finished a book like that uh it's called the uh the girl who lived uh the people that are fucking with her because she's already mentally unwell in the book again until the end they make it seem like oh are you is this really happening an unreliable narrator because they'll just do stuff like you said creepy break in where they just come into the house and they just Move a picture. Steal something that you can't tell the cops you had. And just like, did this happen? Or did you actually have that object? What what happened? Yeah. And I um I mean it's specific that it's real dark. And they, they do note that it, it tends to be something that is done by Sabat Malkavians more than anything else. Yep. Yeah, which I'll get into with uh, bloodlines and subcultures. So this ties into uh Malkavian H tribute. I wanted to talk on this real quick because 
you know, the Sabat are back, and this is a major chunk of the clan, unfortunately. So Malkavians and the Sabat are far more unwell than those in the Camry and the Anarchs. Uh, a lot of them uh, tend to be more intrinsically violent. There are parts of that sect of the clan that will use human entrails to read the future, mm. which is a tradition tracing back to the ancient bloodline of the Ananki, which would uh, use human sacrifices and collect trophies as meditation foci. It's, yeah. Yeah, not good. Uh, these Malkavians tend to be the kind of serial killers, cult leaders, suicide prophets, you know, the Joker TM, like yeah. those kinds of guys where you're just like, oh, you're just super not well. Yeah. Uh, what's his nuts from uh, Deer Hunter? Uh, was it Robert De Niro's character? Anyways, uh, a lot of these uh, Malkavians are skilled in psychological abuse using uh, torment and torture to extract information from victims to break a sense of ego, to push people into being accepted into the Sabbat, into their cults, as well as just general terror tactics. Yeah, just for fun. Just for fun. You know, just, just we live in a society kind of shit. Mm. Uh, some of these Malkavians are specifically bred or uh, trained for mass chaos within Camarilla ter territories mm -hmm. and are often used as shock troops in the Gehenna Wars. Hmm. Some people involved in this are saying like shit's fucked. This is this is a big chunk of it. Yep. Yeah. They're just like oh oh no, they're violent and not well. Yeah. Right? Whenever and you, they have superpowers. Yeah. Whenever you train a soldier to not give a shit about its well-being or even comprehend its own well-being, surprisingly effective. Yeah. And then there is the Biats uh, Majnun, uh, which is just Clan Malkavian and. Arabic. I probably did not say that right. I'm sorry. I will try to learn Arabic when I can. Uh, yeah, you should probably uh, like learn an entire language for this podcast. Bitch, I might. Don't tell me. <laughs> don't don't challenge me like that. Pay uh, some. Uh, pay uh, somebody should pay for Sarah's Duolingo. <laughs> that owl has been demanding <laughs> kneecaps. We'll add that as a uh, Patreon tier. Sarah will download Duolingo. <laughs> Start learning. Uh, many of the uh, Majnun in the Ashira and more Eastern cultures tend to get more respect than they do in the West. Uh, they have respected positions of being advisors, bodyguards, and prophets. Mm -hmm. I dig the advisors and prophets. I'm confused about the bodyguards. I, I guess like being able to see something ahead of time, but mm -hmm. also being a bodyguard does require like focus and organization skills. Mm -hmm. And like we said, they tend to not be great at that. Well, if you're somebody who has dumped a lot of points into aspects and dominate, mm -hmm. you should be able to resolve problems with very minimal violence because you're like, I can see it coming. Yeah. And I can be like, no, sit. Drop the yeah. gun sit. <laughs> before they even draw it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I, I this is a little off track, but I feel like it does kind of track with the clan, where it's like, they do much worse off the less like guidance and position they're given. Um, just like anyone else with any other mental illness, like the less support and uh, structure they have around them, the worse they are. That's why the Sabbat are the worst among them. Um, like there have actually been studies that um, show that like autistic children who are raised by parents with autism actually show much less signs of their autism, like in testing and stuff. Hmm. Even if they can clearly prove that the children have uh, autism, when they test them the way that we use the markers we use, a lot of them don't have it or the social like issues that a lot of others do because a lot of it seems to be come they've started to think might be coming from trauma 
of um, raising a child in a way that they can't comprehend that may work for people who don't have autism, but the parents having grown up with that are better equipped to teach those children and they actually don't show those signs. And I could see something like that in the Shira where like they're given like respect and places in society. And so they weirdly work in that society better yeah. as that they are accepted into it it's a give sense. and take yeah, yeah yeah that makes sense i like that yeah which is that about the ashira's thoughts on their prophetic abilities yeah there's there's some kind of squidginess and i'm not gonna sit here and act like i'm a scholar of islam i'm fucking not but there are some uh muslims that take issue with the fact that Bukhavians are like oh i have the power of prophecy and they're just like no muhammad was the last prophet and Mm, this mm-hmm. is literally going against our doctrine and it's kind of blasphemous for you to be like this. Why are you like this? Yeah. And some of the Maccabians responses are Muhammad was the last living prophet. I'm technically dead. <laughs> and I'm like, I fucking, that's so good. I love uh, it. I just like the fact that they have a small connection to the Jinn. Yeah. There, I will go into more detail on that on the history because it's a really neat alternative story from Malkov, but they, their ties instead of being with the changeling and the like the Fae, as we have in the context in the Western canon, it's the Jinn hmm. in the Middle East. And I'm just like, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Little trickster spirits that are just like, well, you didn't answer my questions three, so now I'm taking your things. Womp womp. And Jinn also have a history of being tied in with academia and scholarship. And so it kind of folds in nicely. Yeah. Uh, there is a big debate within the clan in that part of the world about whether or not those stories are true or if they're just like cool archetypes that we can just kind of follow and go along with. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun. And it's actually, this is a little addendum to our ghouls episode that I thought was interesting. I have a friend who specializes in Muslim studies. Mm-hmm. Um, he's learning the language. He wants to do like yeah. um, volunteer translator work for like Doctors Without Borders and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But he was talking about it's really interesting because the ghouls that we pulled from are pre-Muslim. Uh, a lot of that in uh, like the undead creatures coming out of the grave stuff. A lot of that is pre-Muslim. And actually a lot of Muslim beliefs on ghouls is that they are almost like holy creatures. And they are viewed as um, like scholars and like devout um, Muslims, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Yeah, um, that- like the holy revenants? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, basically the, the, the research I was doing on folkloric ghouls, like everything I'd seen had come from pre-Islamic or uh, early Islamic like poetry kind of stuff. And then a lot of the stuff I'd seen about mythological creatures being scholars within the Islamic context tended to be more jinn than ghouls. Mm-hmm. But I also don't have all of that cultural context. So if people want to send me shit to read, I'll fucking do it because I love that shit. Because while I don't have the details, um, and I'd be fine with being corrected if I'm wrong, I'd welcome it. But I believe that the shift in um, those countries to a Muslim country and their their folklore and their society changed just as much as like Europe's change from like Celtic uh, religions to Christianity. Now, I can't say if it was as traumatic as it was, but it's definitely a massive cultural shift in their history. Mm-hmm. So they, there's a double side to that. And I think that's an interesting point that they brought that up here. Okay. Hell yeah. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this just to be real. Pretty much any time there's a mass quick change in religious views, there's probably a lot of bad probably stuff. Probably a lot of bad stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a lot, lot of, of deaths and trauma and <laughs> war crimes. Mm-hmm. And theft. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're going to do a quick breakdown on basics with the Malkavians for V5. So their disciplines are dominate. This is the mind control focused. You're doing the thing. 
with the note about demontation. Demontation in old vampire was its own discipline tree. Instead, now it is a specific uh, amalgam powder with uh, obfuscate. Yep. So you need to have uh, dominate and obfuscate, which you do get with the clan. Woo. Uh, this subtle power requires nothing more than the casual conversation as the vampire's insidious influences hides between the lines and inflections employed. The victim finds themselves increasingly agitated as their inner demon bubbles to the surface, eventually drowning out all rhyme and reason. A mortal who becomes impaired by this power experiences a nervous breakdown or a psychotic break, the shape and nature of which depends on their personality and perhaps their blood resonance. A vampire becomes impaired by this power must immediately succumb to a compulsion as chosen by the power's user. Damn. That's so mean. That's so mean. That is on core book, page 256-57. If you want an example of how mean this is, uh, literally LA by night. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This is, becomes a major plot point. I I'm not going to spoil this. it. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's but, fine. But, you know, fill him with gold. Yep. That's all you need to know. Uh, the other powers are aspects, which is seeing beyond sight, baby. So baby. you can see ghosts, you can see auras, you can see into the future, you can do a telepathy thing. There's lots of cool shit. Honestly, I think my favorite uh, aspects power, every time I get aspects, I only want one dot, honestly, and it's just because I love heightened senses. Heightened senses are so fucking I, Like useful. being able to just be like, what is he saying across the room? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I will say, I think it's either the, the Storyteller's Vault Black Hand or it's the Vampire guide there's an auspice level one power that i love and i just want to take it on every character it's just blind fighting it's just, mm. oh no i don't i'm not gonna take eyes of the beast yeah. i'll just close my eyes right. i don't need sight i'm just can, gonna go on like feeling and sound uh, i'm a bat a malkavian that's just really into daredevil yes, you know? yes. takes his cosplay very seriously uh obfuscate is the other malkavian uh discipline that doesn't get talked about as much but I love it because the way Obfuscate works is uh, you're basically hacking into somebody's brain so they don't perceive you. You're not actually invisible, which is like so fucking on brand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for this clan to be like, and no. Yeah, you don't Stop see me. It. You don't see me. I'm not here. It's fine. I'm and, invisible. And some of the dots literally like people are see you, but you look so normal that they don't remember you. They might be like, oh, some construction worker will just walk past, walk by me. Oh, yeah. Or if you're in an office building, you're like, yes, yeah, some other office drone just passed me by. I can't even remember what they look like. Which is also like fucking spot Perfect. on for yeah. this clan and theming. It's chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. So uh, the clan Bane uh, found online is called Fractured Perspective. Does somebody want to read that? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'll go for it. Um, afflicted by their lineage. All Malkavians are cursed with at least one type of mental derangement. Depending on their history and the state of their mind at death, they may experience delusions, visions of terrible clarity, or something entirely different. When the Malkavian suffers a bestial failure or a compulsion, their curse comes to the fore. Suffer a penalty equal to your character's bane severity to one category of dice pools, either physical, social, or mental, for the entire scene. This is in addition to any penalties incurred by their compulsions. You and the storyteller decide the type of penalty and the exact nature of the character's affliction during character creation. That's from the core book, 79. Yeah, Yeah, I'll do the next one. Oh, hold on. Oh, what's... Uh, I was going to say, this is instead of doing the derangements that we had in V20, so you're not like putting on the cosplay face of somebody else's mental illness. So it's like, if you want to delve into that, you talk about it with your storyteller ahead of time. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to fuck with it and you're just like, I have synesthesia, 
and I just can't focus on shit or just get like, mm-hmm. you know, hyper ADHD or something. Yeah. I think this like plays more like realistically into um, mental health and, and moments of the lack thereof mm-hmm. um, where it's like, yes, they suffer from mental illness at all times. They're Malkavians. That's their curse. But their compulsions are really like low points. Mm-hmm. It's like in your depressive spiral when like you forget to eat for three days because you're just sad. You just don't. Yeah. yeah. That's that's like this in my opinion. It's yes. it's a moment of like spike down. Okay, things are better. We can we can eat. move on. Or just yeah. panic attack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's again. I think I want to quote this every time we're talking about fucking Malkavian. It's the fucking. Uh, it's uh, the fantasy high moment of just like Adine, you. It doesn't define you. This is just a panic attack. You're just sick. Like it, it. You are not anxiety. You're just having something about anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact that it's tied in with bestial failures or suffering another problem is also analogous to just hey. Usually when things suck, things suck extra for you. Yeah. Good luck. Yep. Yep. And then there's the clan compulsion of delusion. <laughs> Uh, delusions. Well, no, delusion. The extrasensory gifts running wild. The vampire experiences what might be truths or portents, but what other clans call figments of imagine uh, figments of imagination dredged up by hunger. While still functional, the vampire's mind and perspectives are skewed. They receive a two dice penalty to rolls involving dexterity, manipulation, composure, and wits, as w- wits as well as on rolls to resist terror, frenzy for one scene. So imagine having that and then also being like negative two to social pools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on depending on what's going on, it could be a negative four. Rough. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, real no, rough. Baby, no. Well, again, that's that's up to your bane severity. Yeah, that a, a lot of people when they start the games usually yeah. have a bane severity of two, but you know, depending on how you start your character, could start with three. Yeah, it could be so much worse. Or you could build it up, and if you're like, oh yeah, I've just been building up my blood potency because I thought it'd be a cool way to boost my powers, it's like bane severity four, bitch. I am so glad that there is a great trade off for being a caitiff. Just like. You don't have a clan bane. Yeah, but you know the 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 clan banes and compulsions are add to the spiciness, which makes the game fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so they're like, you're a second class citizen. I don't have a clan bane, motherfucker. Yes. But you know, it's your character when they succeed. It is more yeah epic because you've had to go through the struggles. Yes, yes. And I think it works better with um, the stereotypical like visionary or like seer character, which is like. It appears the thrifting was successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, where um, like a stereotypical seer character where like everyone's having a normal like conversation. And then all of a sudden the one character is just like staring into a puddle on the ground for like 15 minutes and won't let anyone leave. And then like, oh, yeah, sorry, I just saw uh, so and so die anyway. <laughs> Who knows if that's real or not, but. Like you, you, if your compulsion is like you have to stare into reflective surfaces, or um, you have to like stare, or you're compulsively need to like open doors and look behind the threshold. Maybe your character, you know, has visions through like any sort of like portal, be it a window or a door or a long hallway. Mm-hmm. Like I think you can add a lot of flavor there just through like their compulsion. There, especially if you tie it to like. How, how they see the world and how their um, madness works. I really like 
the I mean it's sad, but I really like the idea of the Malkavian and the Toreador hanging out, and both of them suffer their clan compulsion at the same time, and they just end up staring at the same cigarette butt for like six hours, <laughs> just talking about oh my god, I can the the crease there it just like awakens some sort of crack inside my soul, and then the you know Malkavian's like yeah, Greg's gonna die of lung cancer in a week and a half. <laughs> they just keep going he back hasn't and told forth. his wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they uh. It's really in- <laughs> that's really interesting. I don't know if it would be a better spot. I was bringing up uh, when they're talking about how the clans feel about the other clans. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Toreador is actually one of the ones they get along with the most. They're like, while they're mostly stuck up idiots, like they do there see are stuck up idiots. They do see something beyond like the normal reality that we can respect. Like that's in one of the books, basically yeah. that kind of situation where it's like sometimes they just get it out of nowhere. Yeah. They get it. We just need to break them so they get it all the time. Is that like basically the sentence after that? So, you know, that clan Yeah, yep. that, 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 that that's kind of what the pranks are. And then like, they're not what, I mean, you can have a game that's fun. I'm not going to tell you how to run your game, but I think it was always intended to be something meaner. It's like, oh, every time this Toreador sees like fresh cut roses, they pause for a minute and they they're seeing something beyond this. Let's push them to where that's all the time. That's the prank is like, we will just make them suffer their clan compulsion constantly because then they'll see the real reality. Right. But the rose isn't there. You are the rose. You are the rose. No, there are 500,000 roses in this room. What the fuck is wrong with you? This is how you get ants. <laughs> Sorry, somebody over here reads too much Stephen King and I'm like, there's only one rose that matters and it's in New York. Uh, it's the focal point for reality. You have yeah. to protect it. So that was the, the clan Malkavian vibe check episode. How are we feeling? I feel good. Um, Like I said... I kind of hinted at before, but I think these two books are really good. I like both of them a lot. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things you have to do to like kind of, I to give this book a bit of a redemption arc is completely separate it from the derangement system, which actually isn't even brought up much in these books. That was something that came from the uh, original and through V20 core books. Mm -hmm. And if you go through this and separate it from those derangements and you use like in here, the, the fractured perspective clan bane and the delusion clan compulsion, even if you want to pull a little bit of influence from real mental illness in your games and talk with your party and make something that works. I think it kind of redeems these books and what I saw as may have seen as flaws before. I think they're a little less squicky when you're like, you completely erase that like real world mental illness. And you're like, well, they're actually just being talked to in their head constantly. They're potentially seeing like a reality that no one else can see, except maybe the mages and the changelings. Like they are experiencing things differently, provably in lore, at least they're not just like crazy madman. There is something to what they are seeing and doing that you may not be able to explain to like your coterie mates or the other players or that kind of thing. But there is a realness to what they're experiencing and the madness is almost like a, a slight against them from other people who just don't get it. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dig yeah. that. Like you you could push it to like Lovecraftian levels too. It talks a little bit about in there about how like they believe like the universe was formed and it kind of ties into like some of the cosmology of mage and changeling. So I'm not going to get super into it, but like they, it's hinted that like, they can see the mages changing reality around mm-hmm. them, and that's how they know nothing is real. They can see into like the dreaming that where the changeling live, and that's how they know there's more beyond this. Mm. That's why they get along and can work with them. It's like 
and part of the tragedy behind it because they can see the dreaming but they'll never be a creature of the dreaming and get to experience those high joys or the low lows of it you know they can see the reality warping around them but other than like through dementation and other like very nasty means they can never warp reality like that 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 is their sorrows that they see the full breadth of reality around them and are more helpless than even other vampires in some ways to engage with it. Yeah. It's almost the uh, the John dies at the end thing where mm-hmm. it's like once you know it's there, once you can like interact with it, you're not going back. Yeah. And unfortunately for them, they, like you said, can't really interact with it. They just got to stare at it. Like it, You probably don't want to allow this in your game because it's so powerful. It'd be something that you would just hand wave anyway. But like the old Malkavian five dot, one for obfuscate was literally like they disappear from this reality and they would pop up in the dreaming like that was their five dot was their ability to actually transcend that border yeah and potentially bring people with them i feel like if your games get to that point like you're gonna have to just kind of allow it or not that's a that's a huge game changing thing so you don't need to put points into it or if you do you're gonna need to make it a little more um story friendly but yeah i mean that that's huge for them like how often do players actually get to those five dot abilities anyway right and you know if your story's going that way awesome rad that could be cool but you also you could just have that happen and then you know it's just like did it actually happen or was it just you know a group dementation session (laughs) Who knows? You know, you, you also get can't get into the perception is reality fun thing where it's like, oh yeah, no, this, this character is validating all these things about these other supernatural entities, but then you still have to deal with the brash attacks of like, look, I have to pay bills. Like the prince is still going to kick my ass. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get shoved into a locker and called a nerd. And even when you do like walk into that other reality, does that other reality and the people that actually live there want you there? Mm-hmm. Did you just like stumble into some like fake, critters living room unannounced it might be kind of pissed about that does the mage like it that you're walking into their horizon realm this is like i just wanted to be friends (laughs) (laughs) i saw you were doing something cool over here i thought i'd check it out just hi yeah Yeah. I, i feel like like final vibe check for me i think is like while a lot of what they do has been written to be like expressively or, or purposefully cruel and like can be very like scary and mean in, at times. It's really difficult for me not to just want to be buddies with them mm-hmm. where like most of the other clans, I'm like, I might hang out with you, but I'm not going to like trust you. Yeah, we, we're, we're not, not going to be friends, but like Malkavians just in general, like I feel like is much more likely to be your buddy clan. Yeah. You just got to watch out for the pranks. There's yeah. there's a couple of them where you're just like, I know he's not cool because you know he's not cool. But right. Like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm hanging out with my Malkavian buddy, Greg, and Greg is like, oh, shit, Steve's about to be here. And then the open open uh, door opens and Steve walks in. We know we should probably, I don't know, leave. leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not cool. And also, like, Sorry, I'm not def- Steve's out there. I don't know why we always <laughs> use you. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I was also going to say, like, I'm not defending this behavior. It's cruel and vile and rude. But knowing that, like, how different reality works for them, and they might all be right. The Malkavians might be the only ones who actually see the truth. Things like reality busting are still awful. But, like, when you think about it, from the person doing it, it may be seen as a gesture of kindness, almost. Because, yeah. like... I am going to break down your reality so that it doesn't happen all at once when I embrace you. And all of a sudden you realize that apartment you've lived in five for five years just never existed. Yep. Or 
you all of a sudden you look out the window and you look in the starry sky and you see the stars and then between the stars you start to see the meat of the universe pulsating as it bleeds out um and you realize that the reality you know is actually like a fracture in the weave of reality we've hit real into the mouth of madness vibes here Mm -hmm. that this is i'm quoting things from books i promise Um, (laughs) yeah i know but but yeah like how is that still a mean thing to do to someone (laughs) when yeah, or are you just like having them step into the shallow end of the pool first? Yeah, because again, my thoughts on them. I love the clan. They're great. As long as they're handled properly. I feel somebody can tell a very rich and deep story if they know what they're doing. And yeah, you don't need to research any conditions or whatnot. It's nice if you do, if you want to like either tell something about trauma you know or put a light on things, much like how... Again, let's be real. A good, uh, a good version of like a representative is Moon Knight. That is a good representation that you could be playing as long as you handle it with care. Like they have the ability to tell the most vile, stupid, just insensitive stories. But on that end, they also have the ability to tell great stories that you're attempting to try and bring light to other individuals and trying to help be like, hey, this stuff is more common than you think and you don't see it, but it's there. And there are some people that just have to deal with this at all times. And because it's an invisible illness, you don't know. Yeah. I think something else that we should probably bring up real fast is like, while Malkavians are really cool, they're fun to play, they can give a lot of really awesome and enriching stories... They are also, I think, like one of the clans that it's easiest to accidentally play like almost a Mary Sue, mm-hmm. where it's like, I want to work through my own stuff personally. And I, while that's like very good and healthy in some circumstances, you probably shouldn't do that at table with your friends. Without um, letting them know. And even before that, uh-huh. like be very careful doing that uh-huh. because your friends are not psychologists. They're not therapists. And if you want to try to work through some of your stuff in character, that's fine. But like you have to be conscious of how that can play into your like real life with your mm-hmm. friends even. Yeah. Because again, there's, dice and problems just if you're gonna do something weird like that you need to let everybody know yeah. like and make sure everybody's consenting i mean i would go so far as to say that while i love the game world of darkness is probably not a great therapy tool period. Like, not. uh the the amount of insane like trauma related and dark issues in the game like maybe you don't want to like try and work through your depression in a game that uses vampires as an allegory for 9-11 like there's <laughs> there are too many like competing traumas in the game and like set the tone and stuff but like personally i just don't see it being used in a healthy way period i could be wrong there could be people it's great for but for me personally it seems like that is just a step too far into this world maybe mage yeah mage if you play the fun kind of mage game where you're reshaping your reality and you have like all the positivity that some people see in it or like mummy fine but like definitely not vampire right vampires are cursed creatures who are destined to go mad and eat themselves or die out in the sun. Like there's no happy ending for a vampire really. So like maybe don't tie your own real world mental illnesses to that either. Seems like a bad move in my part. Uh, I I could say like, cause we have a, a friend of the podcast that does advertising that it could be, but again, you need to like research that. Like it's definitely a minefield. 
Like, I can see it being used, but it's more than likely going to be like either John or Hunter said. It's probably going to be more detrimental unless you really put the work in and everybody's consenting and on the main page. Like, at least that's my thoughts. Like, it could be, but like, you got to do a lot for that to work. I'm just saying Dracula owes me some goddamn money. <laughs> uh... Yeah, thank you, Paralyzed, for our bitchin' soundtracks. Mm -hmm. They are on Bandcamp. Check them out. Uh, We will have Patreon clan polls up with this episode, correct? For the next round? Yeah, we can go ahead and do that. Uh, We're going to do our... So we're going to do our movie poll this week. Yeah. For Friday. Okay. This comes out on Monday. The poll should be already up. And we'll determine the movie we watch on this first Friday of October. It's going to be an actual poll. No, it will be because I'm. Cool. I use my randomized list. If you guys want to conspire to put the same movie on every other option, that's Bliss. Fine. <laughs> all that all you're gonna do is split your votes when three people vote for Bliss on different <laughs> options, and then the other two people vote for my movie. <laughs> Have fun. Uh, I just yeah. want him to stop screaming Bliss. You no, guys don't so understand. Good. No, I've started memeing it in our mod <laughs> yeah. chat. It's getting powerful. The amount of the mod <laughs> chat that's just like, what movie do you want? Bliss. <laughs> And I'm just like, guys, what if we just oops all bliss? <laughs> It'll be fine. Look, we got this. So yeah, there'll be movie poll mm. and then the Patreon clan poll will be out the next week with the second episode. Yes. Next Hell week yeah. we have our off week. So we'll have our first episode, then there'll be an off week, then there'll be our history, Malkavians, and then our bonus episode. Dope. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Um, we also have some fun spicy things in the work for the bonus episode for the clans. So dope. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at blank bodies pod. Uh, we exist on Instagram at blank. Wait, hold on. I got that backwards. Instagram blank bodies pod. Twitter's at blank bodies. Uh, discord. It's free. You should come hang out. We got a cool community that does cool stuff. Uh, I love sky tax. Yeah. Yeah, It's It's the most wholesome. It is literally the most wholesome thing I've ever seen in a world of darkness. Anything. (laughs) Right. Literally. And I I don't even know why we do it. I somebody I, somebody was taking photos no, of the sky I think on the it way was, to work. I think Brian did was it Brian? first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was Brian. Mm-hmm. And then we all just started screaming sky tax, and then now we just all take photos of the sky. <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's very pleasant. It's very pretty. It's, it's very pretty. good for tracking. Hell yeah. This is how those Malkavian get togethers get started. We're all taking photos of the sky. We don't know why, and then all of a sudden <laughs> the prince is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. I was going to say all of a sudden the sky tax Ooh. photos are the same because they're all in one place. That but... happened one day where everybody had the oh, same yeah. shade of blue. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a whole Pantone color of the year moment. It was but good. Sometimes... See, you're already finding patterns. That's the bet a bad sign. <laughs> all right. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Where's my money?